0: Look, you want? Look, my boy, in the name of Hashem, be rachnuchem in the yeah. name of Hashem. Someone asked that we do the shear quick tonight, and make the hour go faster. Let's see if we can try to do that. That's uh, Hashem. We will. We'll This week is Parshas Truma. We're in the middle of the Dalet Parshas, in the middle of the four Parshias, but we do not have a Parsha this week. This week being that it's, last week was Shkolim, last week was Shkolim, and next week would be Zohar. So we ultimately miss a week. Don't miss a week, we just don't have, we have one Shabbos. That's not one of the Dal parishes, of course. So it's an off Shabbos per se. So we have the regular Fteira of Hashem the The date the Shabbos is Vov Adar, a very significant date. And also, of course, the day prior to Zion other also a very significant date and perhaps slightly more significant even yet that was a politically correct statement with a misdemeanor um, with a uh, this, uh, the claim, disclaimer excuse me other. <coughs> mm is the yard site of hold on the other is the yard site of the shag. okay I have to do where is he? I don't even see him on here okay I can't find him on my list here he is, okay. Vader is the Yat Satrashag, Rabbi Shamarius, Rabbi Shemarihu Garari, Rabbi Garari. Rabbi Garari, as we know, is the brother in law of the Rebbe, also a son in law by the previous Rebbe. By the feeling, Rebbe. We should You have to be still, Shneigaleh. Let's just kill your mic, or else uh, the other people can't hear on Skype. Vavadah is the day that he was niftan. It was also niftan the same kvias, which is Shabbos. Um, Fresca is in the house, by the way. Yes. Okay, Fresca is in Georgia. Cats can enjoy it too. Um, oh, this is not a good idea. Okay, we have to remind these people you cannot call in. I can only call you. Okay, and I don't see him online, that's the problem. Let's try to find him, although. I have to decline it here too Okay So above other is the Yard site of Rabbi Gerari mm. ah, no, This not going to work mm. I can't do that I have to call you So please stop doing that There you are And as Rabbi Gerari was a son in law of the previous Rebbe, Rabbi Gerari more so was a true chosid of the Rebbe. Where although Rabbi Gerari also had his contractual tsunayim, of becoming a son-in-law by the Fezik Rebbe. But Rabbi Gerari also, which in right gave him royalty and gave him the right to royalty. But still in all, Rabbi Gerari was the biggest chassid of the Rebbe. In that, anything the Rebbe told him to do, he jumped to do. When the Rebbe said a maimah, he would stand like everybody else. But on Shabbosim sometimes the Rebbe would say, A Maimah Ke'ein Sicha. Which means that it was a Maimah, but it was not said with the nigan beforehand. They usually had the customary Nigin, the song that was sung before in a Maimah, which the Rebbe would signal to Rabbi Yehul Khan what to sing, the, to sing the Maimah Nigin. And... If it was not with the niggin and the Rebbe didn't put his head down and say the Maimer in the tune of a Maimer, then the Chesidim remained sitting. But Rabbi Gerari didn't. Rabbi Gerari stood up. He had the biggest and greatest covet for the Rebbe. And ultimately defended the Rebbe's covet even within in the family itself. So, Shusha Yogan and since Rabbi Gerari's job was running the yeshiva, yeshiva's temuchat mimim, um, it would only be proper either a to say, of course, mishnayis. name was Shmayo ben Menachem Mendel to see, say the on Shavis, of course, and most importantly to send in money to tzedakah to the yeshiva, the Ilan on his yard That's why we care. Pasha Strumah is all about tzedakah. Pasha Truma tells us how a person has to donate. And we're soon going to discuss the very ways of, discuss- of how tzedakah is given. Uh-oh, my Shitzvi is being strapped in with a seatbelt. Uh-oh, come on, let him out. We love him. distracted Therefore teaches us all the building the construction of the beishel miqdash shachanti make for me a dwelling place make for me a home the home of the almighty god and the almighty god wants to dwell not in the mishkan but in them Oh, Mendel's zetor besayach kol echad veechad the Eivishter is commanding, I want each and every Jew to become a vessel, to become a house, a house of worship of which I can dwell amongst you. And we're soon going to discuss several different vessels of the Besamikdash, of the Mishkan, how we are compared to the such. Let us first begin with the Menorah. The Almighty tells Moshe how to build a Menorah. It was very complex. And even more so, it was confusing. And it was hard to figure out how to make it. And not enough. The kaftar, the perach, the bulb, the, 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 the flower, and the cup, and everything else. That wasn't enough. The, all the different intricate pieces... But to top it all off, the Almighty says, Miksha Achas. You can only make this from one piece of gold. I don't want you taking different pieces and like we do today, cut and paste. There's no cut and paste involved here. Here, take it out of one piece of gold and build this entire meneira, Meshach. Didn't really. He spoke all seventy languages, obviously, but usually spoke to the Almighty in Hebrew. But at this point, he said to the Eved, I don't understand what you're talking about." So we see that it says in the Pesach A and C Asher Make it in accordance with what I'm going to show you. What you're going to see now on the mountain. Rashi, who is the, the champion of the underdog and the helper of the V'nachamish mikra explains what that means. Magid, this comes to tell us, says Rashi. Sheniskasha Meisher b'Maisameneder, Meisher could not decipher, could not figure out how to make this meneira. Ad, until, Shehera baruchu The Almighty showed him the meneira in the shape, in fire. The Almighty made a meneira, according to all the speci- specifications, out of flames, out of fire. And said, Ah! Oh, You see what it looks like? This is what I want you to build. We have to understand this. If Moshe didn't understand how to build it, he didn't understand how to make it, and the Almighty wanted him to make it out of gold, why didn't the Almighty make a gold manada and say, this is the manada, what it has to look like? Now you see the exact duplicate. Make that. When it came, for example, to the Levana, to Kiddush Levana, to Kiddush Achedish. and the Almighty wanted to explain to Mesha what the moon is going to look like when the new month comes about. So, what does the Tata say? He didn't tell him, here's a silver, a gold, man, a gold moon. He showed him with his finger, the moon, up in the heaven, and he said, you see this? That's what you have to be, Mechadosh. So why here did the Almighty not take a physical gold manada, like he took the physical moon in the sky... And show Mesha, this is what I want you to build. The Minayra did not have a commandment to be made until this point. And therefore there was no Minayra in the world that could be used as an example. So the Almighty did not have anything in hand To show Moshe is an example for this. So therefore, in order for the Almighty to show him a golden minera, like we are implying, he would have to make one. It's not a problem for the Almighty to do that. But, he'd have to make a specific minera, just for this-ish mission, to show Moshe how to make a golden minera. Rabbi said, there's a din, there's a law. A person may not rebuild, reconstruct an edifice to resemble the hegel, to resemble the Holy Temple. You cannot construct another temple now. You can make a miniature, you can make a this, you can make that, but you can't make an actual one. And the same thing with the Mineda. The minedah, I we have the Mineda. We light the Mineida, the same Mineda that Amam says was like in the same thing in the English, But that was seven. And this is eight. Not even says the Yasafil al Shoshar Mahminamatris not even from a different type of metal. <laughs> so therefore, <laughs> aside for the Meneda, which in the B'Shamidash we have a special to make, not to make a replica of the Meneda. Now we understand. For if the Almighty if Akadish Baraka would have made a manera of gold, then it would be impossible, it would be not allowed to be used in the Mishkan. And if you would say the Dafka, this is how it has to be made, you wouldn't be able to make a replica. And since of Basav Adam, the way a person behaves, a person another person has to learn from him and a person does not learn that way they don't do the same as the person does but the almighty is not like that what the almighty says to happen that's how he does the almighty doesn't do one thing and say one thing and do something else people tend to be sometimes their mouth and their ear and their heart differently And therefore since the Almighty said you can't make a replica therefore the Almighty wouldn't make a replica. I'm convinced that we have the measurements, anyway. okay. Think about it. 18 tfakh it's this high. So the person no, well, the tfach and tefach was bigger. Yes, that's what I'm saying. The nature of a person we had a background over there in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. We had a hello back there. A shout out. Um, we want to know how many beds to prepare for Purim, by the way. It's the President's Week. So well, I thought, President's to... Week, you're definitely coming. Where else are you going to go on vacation? We get <laughs> That's your son right there? That's my son, That not Eating his kids. Jesus. They tell a story, there was a terrible traffic jam, bumper to bumper, I don't know if you ever traveled in a bumper to bumper traffic, there's nothing more painful, and it was bumper to bumper traffic, and this woman was on the tail of the guy in front of her, like many women tend to drive, you know, Their face up against the windshield, yeah, Well oh, you're going to get it for that one. And the guy in front of her, the light started to turn yellow. And he could have eased through the intersection and she would have taken the light. She wouldn't mind. But he didn't. Boom, he stopped by the light. He stopped by the yellow and it turned red. And he didn't get through the intersection. She went ballistic. Started banging on our horn and screaming and yelling and open opened the windows, cursing and yelling at him and, and, and gestures with hand gestures and hand signs. The violence, it was incredible. All of a sudden, a police officer knocks on the roof of the car and says, ma'am, get out slowly. Keep your hands above your head. She was shocked. <laughs> Cop takes her out, arrests her. Brings her to the station, takes fingerprints, puts her through the system. And as she's sitting in the holding cell for about an hour, the guy comes and lets her out. And the arresting officer was sitting there, and she says, why did you arrest me? He says, ma'am, I was right behind you when that light changed. And on your bumper, you have bumper stickers. And one says, peace in the world. One says, please have pleasant speech. One says, kindness and forgiveness. When I saw you ranting and raving and cursing and swearing, I thought, for sure you must have stolen the car. (laughs) This couldn't be your car. This is what it says on the back of the car. It couldn't be you. So this is therefore a person... Says one thing but does something else. Act differently. <laughs> In the yeshivas, we talk about yeshiva before. A parent once came for PTA, for parents' teacher meeting. The, to, sitting by the teacher, talking to the teacher, and the teacher is complaining how the child has such chutzpah and such this and such that audacity. He doesn't behave, and all the time the father is sitting and talking to the teacher. He's chewing gum. Blowing bubbles and he's texting people and he's yeah, yeah it's terrible. He says, "I don't know what to do with my son. I wish you would be more be- better behaved at home and playing games during a Shia. I wish he'd be better behaved and act nicer and stop being so obnoxious." Yes, so the teacher looks at the father and says, "I mean, pardon me for saying," he says, "You came to talk to me. You're blowing bubbles in my face with your bubble gum." You're texting somebody else while we're supposed to be having a conversation. What do you expect your child to be? Same thing. thing. So he says to the guy, he says, Listen, I always say to my son, Do as I say, not as you see. (laughs) Right, (laughs) now. Yeah. Do as I say, not as you see. It's a very powerful word. There's a McGill at you, maybe. My hearts and friends, okay? Okay, okay. Arts and force. Shh, this is Jimmy recorded. Let us return back to our Pasha. The Pasha tells us that the Jews left and they had to bring wood for the Mishkan. The Yikuli Aitzim Shabi Now, first of all, the Yikhuli Tuma the Yikku Aitzim. It should be Yitnu they should give to me. V'yikhu means to take for me. To take means it was something that was in ultimate existence with them. So what did they have for the wood? They had atzei shittim. Now where did you find, I don't know if you've been in a desert lately, but if any of you travel in the desert on a regular basis, you'll notice there's no shittim trees growing in the desert. Matter of fact, very few things growing in that desert. Can you give your wife a piece of what I have with her tea? What? Give your wife as a napkin. Cut her a piece of coconut for the tea. It goes very well with the tea, I know. Do you have a knife? I'm fine. No knife here. Always argue. You're get a- in the back. Rashi explains. <laughs> Honestly, he says, I don't have a normal explanation. I can't sell, just tell you they had azeshitim growing in the midbar because it didn't exist, mm. and therefore I will ask the question too. I have that question. Ume midbar. Where do they have azeshitim in the midbar? They took it from Eretz Yisrael. Abitan Chuma explains. So it's not Rashi. It's not Pshat Pshut I had already. Who even you think yeah. got the rest yeah, of it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Yaakov Avinu. Our father Yaakov came down to Mitzrayim. He brought these trees to Mitzrayim and planted them. Vetsivan commanded Lebonav of his children to take it with them when they leave Mitzrayim. Because they will need it for planting, of, for building of the Mishkan. It was a prophecy in Yaakov's behalf, but nonetheless, it was how it was prepared. The Sefer Divrei David. It's not printed as a Sefer. I'm still in the eating this cake, because I make another bracha it's a Pirish actually in the Taz and he says I have a question why do you say that? maybe he brought it from Israel maybe he bought it from the people on the side the other nations on the side the the lands they went through and many different B'farshim asked many such questions and there are many different forms of answering that But as we implied before, of the question, ve'yikhu Why does it say ve'yikhu you should take instead of the you should give? And we could say perhaps one of the answers. Why is no one answering it? So why should we answer? It? They shouldn't call. Huh? Oh, it's here. Oh, it's here. Why did it say V'yikku and not V'yitnu? That means that the Jews did not even have to look for what they were giving. The rumor that they were giving was something at hand. They didn't have to go work, they didn't have to prepare anything, it was all there. Because the Jews lacked nothing when it came to building the Mishkan. If that's the case, then it's impossible to, th- to even think or to imply that they went and by saying that how did they get it? They purchased it. They didn't purchase it. They had everything. And the proof is because it says vehiculi. And that way, that way also we have the question, how can you say they grew trees in Egypt and they took them when they went out? It says in the post "Kigan Hashem karetz mitzrayim." Rashi explains why kigan, like the garden, because kigan Hashem is trees, and karetz mitzrayim is for, for 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 everything else. In other words, implying that trees did not grow in Egypt. If that's the case, where did they take the wood from? That's why Rashi has that question. It didn't grow in Mitzrayim naturally, and they didn't buy it from somebody because they had it already. And that's why Rashi brings down the explanation from Rabbi Tanchuma, that Yaakov himself, brought it down to Egypt. Mm. And that's why there were trees in Egypt. Because naturally, trees did not grow in Egypt. Where did trees come from now? In Egypt, mm-hmm. only because Yaakov Avinu had planted them. Okay. Busy man. Okay. Amongst the many vessels... perhaps the most important or rightfully the most important was the Ark the orin. and the Oren rested in Kodesh HaKadashim the Ark rested in the Holy of Holies in the ark it says B'tabayis sa Oren on the side of the ark were rings. And through those rings were badim. Badim, according to what my teacher told me when I was in second grade, are shtangin. Know what they are? They're sticks. They're long, thin sticks, narrow sticks that went into these, these rings. And the halakha is... You were not allowed to remove these sticks. They had to stay in the oven, in the certainly things, in its rings. And in Sefer HaKinuch, Mitzvah Tzadik Vov, he tells us, why were they commanded never to remove these sticks from the rings? In case the Oren was not allowed to be touched by anybody. But Rabbi, didn't they say that the path of the desert was path of? Uh... Clear for them? It went through with. It. How did it go, though? How did it travel? By a modern But the urn itself. The was, it wasn't been carried, so it, carried, it was floated in the air. But it didn't float. It had to be looked like it was carried. No, they okay, held on it had to it, but it went So you no. told me they did this for forty days. Oh, they stopped years. But the thing is that something else was saying. It, they were not allowed to touch it, but they had to carry it. How did they carry it? Because they had the badim. These long sticks that were stuck through the through the rings. Right. So the sticks, they were able to hold. They weren't allowed to hold the actual... They were not allowed to touch the actual arm. Were you supposed to be a tawar for it? 100%. They were retired from in time when they left Mitzrayim. Not, not everybody was tummy mace, only the ones that carried Joseph's bones were tummy mace but um later in the time of, Sh- of Shmuel, mm-hmm. when the by the time of Eli, when the iron got captured the right. way it was on the wagon oh, yeah. but again, they were not allowed to carry it. But in case the Jews had to transfer they had to immediately leave, they had to start going somewhere immediately. There was no time was There was no time to start sitting and poking the sticks. they have to understand when you have a a, th- a needle and a thread and you're young <laughs> and you have a steady hand and you have a good eye still. You can get that needle, that thread, between the needle's head. Between the hole. they not talking about us. Don't worry about Adam. I don't have any of that. Measure. We're way past that. Your special needle. Um, today's days, they made for us these special things that you can insert the needle with. And if you got one of those. It goes in, the thread gets hooked onto it, and you... Something like a fisherman's hook. But for us old people, that happens. But the old, the younger people, they can get through the needle... But when you have to sometimes do it though, even those who are capable, they don't always get it the first try. Now the try so is little, you got to make it wet, you gotta it's a kunz. Now the rings on the arin, since you cannot come near the arend, you have to be able to get it in straight. And then you have to get through the second one on the other end. Means again, you have to hold that stick straight and everything else. So if each time they had to travel, they would have to sit and do this procedure, and make sure you don't chip the stick, and make sure you don't crack the stick, or bend the ring or anything, it would be a very involved process each time to do it. So since there were times that the Eden would have to travel quickly, Says the Sefer Achinuch. Can you put your phone down please? You signed on now on Skype yet, Says the Sefer Achinuch. <laughs> You're a pain the neck. Says the Sefer Achinuch. the voice call. Why is he driving? He's doing this. The Seyfer Achinuch tells us that since the Jews might have to leave quickly. Therefore, what I passing? The yellow. What? What yellow paper? The green one? It's her. She's working on it. She's Okay, give it to him. Give it to him. Give it to him. He's gonna have it He's gonna be fine. So therefore, they had to have the sticks inside the entire time. They were not allowed to remove them. The Oren, the Ark, represents Mishkan HaTera. Also brought down in the Chinook there. It, the whole resting of Terah is in the aron. So therefore the same simile is a human, every Jew who studies Terah Is an example, is exactly like the Aren. Because the Jew today is the Mishkinah Aren. Mishkinah Teda. So, therefore, a person, being a human being, can sometimes think when I'm learning Teda, I have to give it my all. I have to separate from anything that could possibly disturb me. Amongst that disturbance, there's no place to think while I'm learning about another Jew. If there's another Jew who might need, who might need to be educated, who might need to be learned with, who might need to answer a shayla, who might need some help or some advice, not now, I'm learning. Says the Tater, that's not true. Just like these shtangen, the sticks could not be removed from the Arun, because the Arun is, even when the Arun was in the Holy of Holies, those sticks remained inside in order that in case the Arun had to be mobilized, it had to be done quickly. The same thing a person, while you're learning, while you're becoming, you're resting in Kedush Kadashim, in Holy of Holies learning Teda, with diligence, you have to be always prepared and ready to go help another Jew, to teach, to educate another Jew. You cannot say, ah, this time that I'm giving this year, I could be learning another hour's worth. I could be learning something myself for this hour. Why would I bother myself giving a shir to other people? Says the Badim, Layasur al You cannot take them away. You have to always be ready to reach out and help a fellow Jew. Most Jews learn the concept of humbleness, humility. And they don't like to boast about how they do their mitzvahs and how they act. But there are those people that like to show people, I do it right. You want to know how to do it? Come to me, I'll show you. One such person... Wanted to tell people, he was sitting in shul, and they were talking, and he said, when I stand, Amidah, when I say Shemona I don't know anything. It's me and God. And someone was so amazed to hear that. You mean if, if, if a window broke, you wouldn't turn around? He said, of course not. You, you mean if... He says, I'll tell you how much I mean. If someone took a needle and stab me with a needle, I wouldn't feel it. The shul joker could not hate that, that was too much. And so he waited. And the fellow stopped the Shemneshi, and he bends down Baruch Atah, and as soon as he said Atah, the guy took a needle and gave him a stab in his bent over area. There was no reaction. No reaction. I, fellow kept dominating, like nothing happened. Internal bleeding. He was amazed. He was fascinated. He waited. He waited until the fellow got to Maidhim. When he got to Maidhim, he bent down again and this time he gave him with a needle. We said yeah. the guy jumped and gave a yell. He waited till the guy finished menacing. And he says, excuse me, you said that even if someone stabs you with a needle, you don't feel it. He says, I didn't feel the first time. <laughs> yeah. He didn't feel it. Correct. the life. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> he wants to try it. <laughs> know, On the subject of I the Arayim. You know, on the subject of the Holy Ark. Turtles bleeding both sides. On top of the Holy Ark was placed (laughs) Shnei Akruvim. The Kruvim, what were the Kruvim, says Rashi? The The most parts of Tinuklehem. They looked like little children. They had faces like little children. And their wings were above their heads. And the Medrash tells us when the Jews behaved... When the Jewish nation did the right thing, they faced each other. When there was, God forbid, Sinashinam, when there was hatred amongst Jews, they turned back to each other. They turned away from each other. Why the face of a child? The Meddash tells us, a muscle, a parable, There was a king with many different children. He loved his youngest child the most. So says the Almighty God. From all the nations that I created, I love the Jews. As it says in Pasuk, The Jews are my youngest and they are my beloved. So we see, therefore, the love of the Almighty God to the Jews is like a father to the youngest child. The Iksin is explained. The reason the, the love that the father has for the child, for this youngest child, is not because the child has attributes, has given the father pride, has given the father proud, has showed off his prowess, his genius. Because the child is part of the father. And therefore he loves him with its strong, strong love. But more so comes with the youngest child. The oldest child, he uses already his own mind, he uses his chachma, he uses his attributes. Father loves him. He loves him now not only unconditional love, but he also loves him for what he stands for. Masha'en came the little child when his mind, his is, intelligence, his intellect is not yet so broadened. Although, yes, little children tend to say the most amazing things. My uncle of blessed memory wanted to know always what happened to those brilliant children. When they were little, they used to say smart, such smart things, and now they got older and they sent, tend to say, Well, we know how teenagers talk. <laughs> right? Well, exactly. Well, <laughs> we glued a little this year. Monkey say What? You're the monkey right there, <laughs> gluing every second page. I should be The same thing is also the love of. Monk, right? Hey! Yeah. Haven't Hi. seen you in a while. I know. Saving is also the love of the Almighty to the Jews. It's not just because they are Jews, and because they are the special nation, and they are the chosen nation, and they are the Teda, and they are making a dwelling place for the Almighty, by doing, learning his Teda and doing his mitzvahs. The love is an unconditional love. And to an extent, it's like the love of the youngest child, the father to the youngest child, you. which the same thing is also as the Almighty loves the neshama, which the neshama is made a imal According to this, we can understand now why the kruvim looked like a young child. It was a hint to the love of the Almighty for the Jewish nation just like a father loves his youngest child the f- upcoming Sunday is one week to Purim so sure you can still get good tickets to come to New York you have a whole week you think I'm joking about this I have news for you from Pennsylvania they're coming to join us for Purim if, they could, if they'll turn their mic on you'll hear them cheer, cheering all the way up from Scranton, Pennsylvania they're going to be up by our Purim Suda they're going to be one of our honors but we're all very excited to host them oh um, yeah I didn't get an invite you did too lying little shit <laughs> you did get an invite okay <laughs> The seventh day of Adar, Moshe <laughs> was born, and Moshe passed away. <laughs> 120 years later. As it says, God completes the cycle of a person's life of the righteous to the day and the month. Anche Maisa fast on this day. Who's fast? People that are very, very holy fast on the day on Zion other. In Olypia where there are two others the fast is observed in the second other. On the seventh of other one should take the heart two concerns. And should make them part of His constant awareness. Yes. We are waiting for the salvation, Amen. and we fear the ultimate judgment. And all this is learned from Moshe Rabenu. When Moshe Rabenu was born, as we spoke last week, he was born three months early. And therefore, when the Egyptians were looking for the Jewish child that was to be born, they did not expect him to be born yet, and therefore he was able to live at home for three months before he was put in the waters. And we spoke last week that Amram separated from his wife. Again? Because he did not want to have any children if this was going to happen. The day that Moshe was put into the water, for those that know math and know the Hebrew months, if he was born on Zion other, to Nissen Ir Sivan, He was put on the third month, which is Vav Sivan. Vav Sivan is the day we receive the Torah. Hag voice. All the angels came running before God. And they said, Ribba'inu Shalelam. On the day that this soul was supposed to bring down the Torah to the world, was to accept the terror in the world, on this day, yes. you're going to kill him? Who was to kill who? Moshe Rabbeinu, is the baby Moshe, was put into the water, we said, on the Vav Sillam. How I don't understand. Because it comes out a day earlier. Oh. Counting the three months. And they went to look, Miriam went to look for a Jewish mother, a wet nurse, to nurse the baby. Why? Because all the Egyptian women he rejected. Why did he reject them? There's two explanations. One is that God said... The mouth that is supposed to, that is destined to talk to me is going to be is going to draw nourishment from defilement, or another interpretation of what God said was: this one is destined to speak to me. What's going to happen when he speaks to me? The Egyptian women are going to say, "Ha!" that's the mouth that I nursed so not to give a pischan peh not to give the Egyptian women any kind of hint that they could be able to talk about what they they accomplished therefore the Almighty saw to it that he does not nurse for a non-Jewish woman Um hundred and twenty years later, Zion Other the Almighty comes to Moshe and tells him, Your days have drawn near to death. Chacham tell us the Abishta has a hard time telling tzaddikim that they're going to die. And therefore he only hints it to them. He does not say, Behold, you are to die, but he says, Your days have drawn near to death. Moshe was very broken. Moshe was very upset. Mesha who rose up to heaven to get the tater was now in a sealed decree that he was to die. When Mesha saw there was nothing he could do and the Almighty repeatedly told him such, Mesha drew a circle around himself. And stood within it and said, "In I'm not moving until you take away this decree, till you revoke it." He put himself; he put on sackcloth and ashes, and he began to daven. His prayers were so strong that heaven and earth started to tremble. They trembled to such an extent. That the angels thought the world was being destroyed so the Almighty could recreate the world. What did Hashem do? Hashem proclaimed that every gate should be sealed off. I don't want any possibility that any prayers should be able to rise from Moshe. But Maisha's prayers were stronger than that. And there were no gates that were able to withhold his prayers. Why did you do that for? And although the Almighty said, go down, he told the angels, close it. Maisha, like a sword, pierced and severed every gate. And he said, Rebbeinah you know how hard I worked to make your nation, to bring your nation to the level which they are at. You know how hard I strove to make sure that they behaved. You know how much I sacrificed myself for them. Please do not stop me now from going over into the Holy Land. Uh Now that we finally reached the ultimate goal, you're going to deprive me. You're causing the problem in the terrace, says Moshe. It says, on his day you shall give him his wages. Is this the payment? This is my wages for all that I did for 40 years? No matter how much Moshe begged. And Moshe said, if I can't enter alive, let me die and let my bones enter like the bones of Joseph. No matter what he no matter what supplement he plays forth. No how he it was not to happen. And the Almighty said, You can't compare yourself to Yesaf. Because when Yesuf came to Egypt, everybody knew he was Jewish. He proudly proclaimed being Jewish. When you came to Midian, the daughters of Yisra came and said, Uh oh, an Egyptian boy saved us. You pretended to be Egyptian. You can't compare. And now he began to supplement. Let me stay alive at least. Let me be like a beast. Let me be like a flower. Let me be like a a bird. Let me be like anything. Then Moshe went to the heavens and earth and asked the supplement for him. They said, how can we? We will be destroyed. And he went to the sun and the moon and they said, we can't. He went to the stars and the constellations and they said, we couldn't. To the mountains and the valleys. And finally he came to the sea and he said, sea, please dive in for me. And the sea said, Ben All of a sudden, Manishtana, you split us. You split the waters. You walked right through us. All of a sudden, now we should pray for you. He went directly to the, cha- to the angel of the inner chambers. They said, seek mercy that I do not die. And he answered, my teacher Moshe, it will not help. I heard I heard from behind the curtains. Your prayers will not be heard in this matter. Maisha placed his hands on his head and said, Where will I turn for mercy? And the Almighty was not happy with Maisha. Maisha the Almighty said, I swore two oaths. One oath was when the golden calf was the sin of the golden calf I swore that I would destroy the Jews. And another oath was that I would not take you into the holy land. I must tell you, Moshe. It's either or. If you want me to abolish an oath, I will only give one of them. Either I abolish the oath and Destroy the Jews, and you go into the land. Or I keep that. I abolish the oath of destroying the Jews, and you don't go into the land. And Moshe said, "Far be that from me, Lord of the Universe! let Moshe and a thousand like him perish, but not the nail of a single Jew be injured." This was a true leader. This was pure Abbas Yisrael. You got blackmailed. Yeah, by the one and only. And again, he supplemented and supplemented. These are the feet that came up to heaven. The hands that took the tailor, etc., etc. He's a player. Yeah. And the Almighty said, no, Yeshua has to take over now. And He said, I'll be—I have no problem with that. Don't let me die, I'll be His, I'll be his student. And Moshe rose and went to the, to the tent of Yeshua. And ultimately, and everything evolves and evolves and evolves. And tells us how Moshe suffered. And the feelings that went through as he stood in front of Yeshua... And he heard, learned from Yeshua. Did he also get sick before his death, like Yaakov and We'll soon hear. Moshe was very depressed. And the Jews were very depressed. And they saw that Moshe was giving over the mantle to Yeshua, although they loved Yeshua, but they did not want to lose Moshe. And he rose and bade them all for farewell. And he said, I will see you all by Triers HaMason. Moshe wept and the Jewish nation wept. (laughs) And they went to the cave, he rose up to the mountain, the Almighty sent him. And the Malach Matatron came before the Almighty and he said, When Moshe was alive, he was yours and now too he is yours. And the Almighty said, I will give you a marshal. A king had an only son. And there were times that the son did things that the father wanted to kill him. But the queen, the mother, intervened and saved the child's life. And when the queen passed away, the king cried. And he said, don't only cry for my queen, I cry now for my son as well. For who will defend him? who will stick up for him and the Almighty told Malach Gavriel go bring Moshe and he said to him how can I see the death of a person that weighs the greatness of 600,000 Jews and he said Malach Mechol also said I was his teacher he was my disciple how can I see his death and when he sent Samael to go get him Samael was so excited himself. to slutting himself and he got himself all dressed for, for death and the Moshe chased him away and he came back again and he chased him a second time until it came to a point where he saw that he could not do anything And he a Basko comes from heaven and says, Mysha, your moment has come. And Mysha says, Barak Shem Kvaid Mahusalvad. And he said to the Jewish nation, I ask of you, when you go into the land, remember me, remember my bones, and say Ayla ben Amram Oh woe to the son of Amram who ran before us like a horse and whose bones are in the wilderness. And Abbaskel came down and said, within half a minute, you have to leave the world. He lifted his arms and he said to Ibn Yisrael, now see the end of flesh and blood. Baesha went up and prepared himself like an angel, and the Almighty came down with three malachim, Michol, Gabriel, and Zagzayel, Michal spread Moshe's bed. Gabriel spread a precious white linen cloth over his head. And Zagzagel put one under his feet. Michal stood on one side, Gabriel on the other. The Almighty said, Moshe, close your eyes. He closed his eyes. He said, Place your hands on your chest. Bring your feet together. At that hour, the Almighty called out to the Nishama of Moshe. My daughter, I assigned you for 120 years in the body of Moshe. Your time has now come to depart. Emerge, do not delay. At this point, the Neshama said it was ready. And with the kiss of the Almighty, Maisha Rabbeinaz Neshama left him as the Almighty promised. This is called Sefer Taydah, the book of our heritage. Should. Every Jewish home has one. Should I have one. Maisha's soul departed. And now we await, as Maisha said, for the Tchias HaMetzim. And being that this Shabbos is the Shabbos, I mean, is Baruch Be'kuli the and the Shabbos that blesses the day of Meishas Yeretzide, we should merit to see again the Tzitz. I made them to be together. Meishar Rabbeinu Nasi Deienu Benai Shenu in Yerushalayim Irak Yameinu and Amen <coughs> Selah. Hashabbat Shalom to all. And we look forward to having you all here for Purim and hosting you, if not in Yerushalayim, at least in New York, Shalom. With Fresca. With Fresca.